0: It's not like this in every state. Why does softball have their season in fall and then baseball's in spring? Like great, In Florida, great <laughs> In Florida, softball season and baseball season were the same seasons.
1: There's no rest for the girls. What percentage of
0: your athletes right now are
1: softball versus baseball? I'm usually right about 50-50. 100 Division One schools, another 100 D2s. There there are hundreds and hundreds of coaches there. Eight fields going at once, and these coaches are bouncing around. And me and my guy were down there doing the same. I wish baseball did something more centric like that.
0: Welcome to the show, guys. Athletic podcast, baseball development show here in the juice box, Atlanta, Georgia. We've got Sean Yanis, EAS Recruiting today. Coach, tell him a little bit about what you do, your business, just, you know, all the things, man. I know this is something that that kind of started, you know, you tell him five, six years ago, you started doing this full time and kind of what has this grown into for you?
1: Yeah, I mean, not to age myself, but coming from a guy that came out of South Florida in the early mid-90s, recruiting was a lot different. Um, I went to, I, I committed to a Division One school my senior year in May of my senior year. So as senior season was ending, I was committing to FIU. Went to D1, ended up at a JUCO, and then ended up D2. So that's kind of who I was as a player, D2 guy. Yeah. I was a middle infielder. Um, grew up with you know, a rod and I graduated the same. We grew up a mile apart. So a lot, a lot of talent in South Florida coming to Atlanta post grad. Um, I ended up at spring Hill college D two school in Alabama coming to Atlanta post grad. Just was enamored seeing the baseball scene here. You know, being a South Florida guy, I always thought we had the best players, but I'm not so certain about that anymore. I think Atlanta can, (laughs) can hang with, with South Florida now. It's hard for me to say that, but I think it's true. Um, Going through this with my daughter when she was a freshman in high school, so I think 2017, got a lot of the phone calls from the big recruiting services. Um, hey, we've seen your daughter play. We know she can play Division One. We know, and I'm thinking, one, who are you? How have you seen my daughter play? I felt almost like a like a telemarketer was calling me. Yeah. So I said, no, we got this. I'm going to help her. I was her I was her coach, um, and, and some a couple of different big travel organizations here here in Atlanta. And I just guided her like a Fortune 500 sales executive. I had spent 20 years building sales teams and medical sales and taught her how to communicate via email because that's all they were allowed to do. The girls' rules changed well before the boys. Yeah. So all she could really do was email, get to camps, but try to tell her, teach her how to communicate on who she was. And we did this a few times over with a handful of girls. Um, I coached with the Atlanta Vipers, and we placed – Probably twenty five girls across the twenty and twenty one class. Me and Coach uh, Greg Shemanko, who's the head coach, and just kind of learned, got our nose bloody going through this together. Um, had fun with it. Try this, do this, see what happens here, and it it worked. The school she committed to, Georgia State. The coaches basically said she she recruited us. You know, she was the one of the best speakers we had been around, and it was not me giving her the answers. It was just guiding her, letting her personality show. So honestly thought I was going to do this just for fun, part-time, do it, help some kids here and there. And during 2020, I guess when the COVID, when COVID hit, I was grounded, couldn't travel, couldn't get on an airplane, couldn't get into a hospital. My salespeople were doing very well. We had a device that helped patients in their home. So I was sitting in my home office, basically building a company. Um, Once the world reopened and I, Go back to work. I tried doing it both for six months in EAS, which is Empowered Analytic Sports. Okay. Um, got so f- busy so fast, I resigned from a 20-year career in August of 21 to do this full-time. Man, and we've helped well over 200 kids. That's so awesome.
0: Yeah. And, and it started through softball. Through softball. Through, through, through your yes. daughter. Through my daughter, um, yeah. Man, that's great. I can relate to this because 2020, I feel like, was a turning point for a lot of people who were preparing to start their own businesses, right? And in, in our business here, Athletic, we had already started the business in 2017, but 2020 was what pushed us over the edge to, to get going. And, you know, Coach Greg and I, um, we have a little history going back to then because we actually met up at the ABCA convention in January of 2020, not yeah. met for the first time, but, you know, we were playing men's league together and he was up there and, we were, we were with, uh, Ted from Axio,
1: yeah.
0: one of our brand partners up on the wall right here. Um, but you know, Ted invited us to come out and help, you know, be in his booth and help sell his product, his Axio product. Him and Dale had connected out in Vegas. So we're up there at the ABCA at this convention and Greg rolls up, Hey guys, what's going on? You know, and this is before Greg was working for us. And, um, fast forward, like two months later, everything's shut down. Yeah. Um, I was coaching at a, at a travel bowl organization at the time. They shut down. No more strength training, no more this, no more that. My my pay at my full-time job got cut, and I was like, i got to figure out what to do. Messaged all my clients, and it, not clients at the time, messaged all the players that I had coached over the years. I was like, guys, if you need training, if you need anything, let me know. I've got a spot where I can train. One of the guys, Jason Collarin, um, he owns Elite Edge Gym over in Chambly, he has the kinetic arm that I'm yes. sure you've probably seen. Great product. And he was nice enough to I had a player at the time who was having elbow issues. And I brought him in to to check out the product. And he's like, Man, you need a place to train. You let me know, we'll work something out. And he was nice enough to let me in his gym and awesome. start training some guys. And that's really what pushed us forward. So when you're talking about COVID in twenty twenty, the pandemic, and starting a business from home, you know, ours wasn't necessarily from home, but same concept man just having to figure stuff out
1: yeah necessity is the mother of all invention right it, it, it was there was a need and all of us uh, the entrepreneurial minds jumped on something yeah my daughter actually has an nil with with jason and the connect- oh really yeah. okay awesome yeah, that's awesome they're good people
0: no man they yeah they've they've been great to us they've they've done a lot for us and, and part of us being here is thanks to them um but yeah man, I mean just you know you talked about briefly your playing career in Miami and just baseball down there. I'm from Central Florida, Daytona, Daytona Beach area. Um and like you said, you grow up in Florida thinking man, we're in the Mecca for baseball. And then you go somewhere else and you realize man there's there's good baseball elsewhere too. You guys are probably seeing that big time now now that you're a little bit more national. You're you're dealing with players kind of all over the country yes. now, correct? Correct. Yes. Right. What is what do you see, like regionally? What are you seeing? That you go from California to Texas to Georgia to Florida to the Northeast. Like, what are you seeing? You know, biggest differences in players and recruiting and schools and all this.
1: I mean, staying in the Southeast to compare Atlanta to South Florida, to, to Miami in particular. With Miami, there's still the and I'm I'm a Cuban American. There's still a lot of Hispanic players down in Miami, mm-hmm. and the and. The kids in Atlanta, a lot of them are, are called warehouse kids, right? They've got a strength coach, a pitching coach, a dietitian. They've got a team of coaches. They've got a recruiter. They've got people who are helping get them ready. Where some of the South Florida kids, it's still, you know, I, went and I go watch games down there, and it's still a lot of the chatter, a lot of the old school, kind of what I grew up seeing and playing in. It's, it's like every man from self, eat what you kill, where here it's a lot more polished. At the end of the day, we came up with, or Gino Damari, who was the Miami head coach, first said this to me, and we ran with it. It's CHP, can he play? And we tagged, we put that hashtag CHP. At the end of the day, whether you're recruiting a kid from South Florida with no money and no, and just begging to find me a place, or a kid from you know greater Atlanta who goes to a $20,000 a year high school, it's can he play? It's our job as recruiters to help put them in front of the right audience, help get them to be seen. And then can he play? Because no matter what our video shows, no matter what our text message says, at the end of the day, they got a CHP, and there's got to be a need for those kids. So it, it's really regionalized. Um, I'm finding South Florida is different than Central Florida. Central Florida is different than Tampa. It's it's that's been fun for me learning learning the the seasonality of the of the of where we are. Um, you know, I'm working with uh, Jeff Wagon, who coached at Marshall for years. He's based out of Ohio now. And he's like, Man, everything's shutting down up here because it's cold. I was like, well, come south. We have tournaments every weekend here yeah. because. So we, you know, he and I are focusing on doing things in the south over the next couple months. So that's been a big learning curve for me is learning where I go next for our next round of business. Like we mentioned earlier, softball's been big because of what was happening now. It's showcase season for softball the next three weeks. Yeah, there's three of the biggest showcase. Showcases happening right in 100 miles from me, right here. It's Chattanooga, and then two in Atlanta, and then one in Clearwater. So that that's getting out in front of it and knowing what's coming next, um, really based on you know where the kids are at.
0: Yeah. No, and that's that's probably you know when you guys first started. I'm sure a lot of the guys were local, guys and girls were local, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Like how quickly did you see, um, just you know, you guys branching out to guys in other regions?
1: Yeah, it's funny. We've talked about this. It's, it's how do you use social media to, yeah. to market? And I still haven't really figured that out. We're organic. We started with local kids here. My first player was a was Morgan McQuick, who plays at Georgia Gwinnett, at mm-hmm. shortstop there. And I did for free, F- friend of the family. And that organically grew to a couple other kids, and I can almost pike out who <laughs> where the players came from. Jason Gilly, one of your guys, was one of my first baseball kids. And he has single-handedly brought me eight other kids. And I call it the Bill Walsh coaching tree. I can map <laughs> out where, where kids came from. Um, so we started really focused on really here, being from Miami and knowing so many people. Yeah, you know, the, the old baseball, two degrees of separation. We oh, can yeah. connect with anybody anywhere. Um, South Florida was big. grew to Central Florida, Tampa. A former coach of mine is there. He has a, So it kind of grew really Georgia, Florida in the beginning. But now we got kids in two in Kansas, Pennsylvania, a couple in California, Indiana, Ohio. So we're growing. We're still pretty heavily focused in the Southeast, but every day that passes, it really is growing more so organically. Not that I've got this social media piece figured out. Yeah. A lot of hard work. Well,
0: the the social media piece is always changing too. You know, and, and yeah, we talked about you know, the struggles that we're having right now, not struggles, but just the, the work that we're putting in right now to make sure that we're giving people a brief overview of what we do here, making sure people know who we are, understanding that, you know, putting out some content that matches your level of expertise and w- like like the things that you believe in, that's important. I'm sure it's very important with recruiting and sometimes done directly, sometimes done indirectly. Sometimes it's your face getting on and saying, hey, this is what we do. Sometimes it's letting a player speak for himself. Yeah. And that player is a really good player. He works with EAS. Like, have you figured out that that is a big piece of it too is is having – I mean, obviously you're going to have people who flat out need help. The the CHP, can he play, that meter goes like this, right? And, and there's certain guys that – obviously are probably going to be future major leaguers. There's some guys that they're going to struggle to get on maybe the lowest level college. And your goal is, I know you said this before you talk about like a hundred percent placement. If somebody comes to you, you want to find out, Hey, if you want this bad enough, we're going to figure out where you can go. What's that look like?
1: Yeah, absolutely. We over, like I said, over 200 kids, we have a hundred percent placement ratio and we've never told a kid. No based on talent. We won't. Yeah. Our I've told families, no based on, I'm going to be chasing Junior. Mom and Dad, you want this more than Junior. But if you want to play, I truly believe we can help you. We can help find a place for you to play. Um, it really comes down to personalizing their story, whether it's John Doe, Sally Smith. We're telling a unique story. We're helping tell you tell your story. The company Empowered Analytics Sports, Empowered is to empower an athlete to tell their own story. And it's all unique and it's all different. We have 250-some-odd, different stories and i mean greg's son for instance charlie he comes to us as a 6 185 pound right-handed pitcher with a 1340 sat like okay his story's going to be driven by he's a hell of a pitcher but it's up here so that's our list when we put it together we were focusing on academic type schools that have really good programs he ended up at georgetown right Right. <laughs> good job Go boys. but yeah, yeah. but it, that's what his story led us to and it's helping. It's us helping kids personalize their story, whether it be CHP, candy he play, putting them in front of the right people, the right sets of eyes. Um, the analytic part of our company is your analytics. They measure everything now, especially the boys. Miles per hour, spin ratio, 60, exit velocity, bat speed, all the launch angle, all this stuff is measured. Those are the analytics. And I use this example. If you're a 5'8", hundred and forty five pounds right in pitcher and you throw eighty two miles per hour, you can play college baseball. Mm-hmm. You're not pitching a Tennessee. Yeah. Because the analytics say, now there's that fine line if you're five eleven throwing eighty seven, maybe you could pitch a Tennessee if we can if we can help tell your story and get you an opportunity. Yeah. And that's the truth that's the that's the most fun part of this for me is that there's two hundred some odd kids and there's two hundred some odd different stories and every one is is exciting as it comes to its its fruition as they get their opportunity to play, you get to say wow, and you get to go back sometimes look back a year or two, and see that progression take place.
0: Yeah, well, you know, you're bringing up, just, you know, you're talking about individual stuff. You know, if the five eight one forty five pitcher, you know, who can play call. We we've had those guys. You know, we've had the Charlies. We've had, um, and then we've had some horses. Yeah, some guys that are like, man, this guy he he, coming off the bus, he fits yep. the mold. He. He uh, passes the eye test. You know, like, let's put it back on the player a little bit. I mean, you just talked a little bit about kind of just your process and how it's evolved. For players that are entering this process, some some guys are going to choose a recruiter. Some guys are going to choose guys and girls. They're going to choose to do this on their own. Regardless, what are some of the most important things – that these athletes can be doing. I know there's the cliche things like get good grades and play better and develop and all these things, but like, what are some things that people might not think about that you see on a consistent basis? Is like, man, when people do this, this 100% helps.
1: Yeah, well, and, and I am going to get cliche to start with grades are the most important, yeah. whether you're coming out of high school like Charlie or transfer portal like my daughter last year. She got a lot of money based on her grades that she could play, but grades are very important. Not to get too cliche, I mean, it's we we do things like help if you're a catcher. We have a checklist of things you should be doing going into a showcase camp. And it's things like, you know, running the field. It's blocking when you're warming up a pitcher between innings. There's a ball in the dirt, you smother it like it's game seven because that might be the only chance you get to block a ball in front of these coaches. When you throw down between innings, you throw out, like you're trying to throw out Dave Roberts. Run for the red. I mean that. That's what this looks like. So it's a lot of the little things. Um, A lot of our kids are not the power five, you know, show ponies. It's it's how do we help them separate with the little things? Um, I was a guy that did all the little things well. I was not. I was not a. I would have would have been a D four player with my metrics coming out now, but I would have bit your ear off to get on the field and do all those little things. I try to teach that. Not everybody can do it. Right? right, it's because people are, are created differently but I think it's focusing on those little things as us coaches you preach and you preach and you preach but the best thing I'm sure you've had this too and you got a kid that goes away to college and then they come back like oh yeah I just I know, I know what you were saying now yeah. and I'll say you're going to learn this in week one on the field if you don't know how to do run cuts as a catcher you're going to get exposed if you don't know how to do this if you, if you can run cuts as a shortstop you know where to be that's one step closer to getting on the field early as a freshman, because it's hard no matter where you're at to, to play, to play early. So I guess not to repeat myself, I would guess it's the little things. And that's a, I know that's a big answer. Well, yeah. There's a lot, there's a lot of, of minor things that all put together, make up, you know, yeah. big opportunity. Details.
0: Yeah. Details oh, for sure. Yes. And, and you know, that probably the grade piece doesn't change for softball versus baseball. Hey, grades are great. You need grades Absolutely. Um, how, what do you see like in your high school players softball to baseball like going from high school to college in that transition is it is it much of a difference in how the details translate from from softball high school to college versus baseball high school to college uh,
1: no i think it's very similar yeah. i the girls typically do better in school than the <laughs> than yeah. us boys. Smarter than um, us. Yeah, and I don't know if it's a smarter thing or more maybe it's more attention to detail. Yeah. You know, we use that be specific hashtag be specific. That's that means a lot to us. It's specific details, specific on your grades, specific on your habits, specific on your dialogue. Um, you know, we we've had kids who have gone in and struggled and I've gotten calls from coaches like she's ineligible. You know, and I, my my role does not stop mm-hmm. once they commit then I'm coming in and bringing her onto, under our couch and say, you with her parents, of course, but you gotta, you gotta do better. You know, this is, this is your family's reputation. It's my reputation. If I vouch for you and you've gone in and you're ineligible, that's on you. Yeah. Right. And you got to grind it out and get better yeah. and, and holding, holding him or her accountable. That's all part of it. Um, but now the, the little things, I don't think there's a whole lot of difference in, yeah. in coming in. I mean, it's, if you're at a a D3 school where they've got a 60 man roster, you know it's 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 a hell of a battle to get on the field. Right. Whereas D1, you know, you don't typically have that. But we always say you're in a specific sandbox with your peers. You know, you're not a D1 guy typically at a D3 or vice versa. So you're up against your peers, and it's those little things that are going to help you get on the field early.
0: Yeah. No, I I like what you said there about the sandbox too, because. I think a lot of people assume when you go from high school to college, oh, I'm the guy or I'm the girl and I, I just show up here and I'm going to get it done, <clears throat> man. I, that's not how it works. Yeah. Like, like you go somewhere, chances are you're probably going to go where you belong or you should, and you're going to be up against it to be able to get on the field. You're going to be up against it, whether that's D one or D three or Juco, or whatever it is. And you have to understand like those details a lot of times that is what edges it out. There might be four really good middle infielders at a school. We got to pick two. Yeah, Two can play at a time. And we might like all four. We might love the skill set from all four. We're certainly not going to give them up. Oh, well, you should probably go somewhere else because you can't. You, you, two guys are not going to play here. No, we want all four. We might be able to move one to left field. We might be able to move one to first base. But the details are what's going to set it apart and figure out, okay, who's going to get the job. That's and right. That might, that might mean that somebody gets the job down the road or at another time, but right now we got to figure out who's going to get the job right now. Yeah. So I yeah. love what you're saying about the details, man. That, that stuff is awesome. Um, on the flip side. What mistakes do you see girls and guys make during this process? What are some of the biggest mistakes?
1: During the recruiting process? During the recruiting
0: process. They're trying to figure out this process. Like we talked about really important things, the grades, the details, just showing how smart of a a ball player you are. But what are some big mistakes that people make too that you just don't think about every day? You're like, man, yeah, I didn't think about that.
1: Yeah, probably the biggest or the hardest part for us is when you're onboarding a new player and family is – it's helping them see through their own lens where they where they currently sit, not just where they belong, but where they sit now, where you might project to be, because almost everybody, I we're D one, we're D one, and D one yeah. is a minuscule number of, <laughs> of of athletes. So it's helping them see where they where they are currently, depending on whether they're a freshman or a senior. Maybe I would call it the P word projectability. Uh-huh. I you know it's I'm not an all be all knowing. Uh, Set of eyes, but I've seen this enough to kind of have an idea where you're gonna where you're gonna end up, Um, and this is helping them. I I tell kids, I'm not dream killer. So if you say you want to pitch at Tennessee, let's go. Let's give it a shot. Yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm not texting Coach Vitello and saying this is a guy you got to look at if you're throwing 82 because you're not there yet. But if you want to get on Tennessee's campus and go to a camp, go to the camp. I can't make that call to say this is a this is a guy, but. You know, so it, it's helping them see where they are now, where they're going to be. And I think the miss is people get so focused on D1, D1, D1 that now they're waiting to try to pivot late junior, senior year. And it's too late yeah. because there's only a certain number of slots for each for these kids. And if you, I always use the analogy, if you're paratrooping in senior year saying, here I am, yeah, that ship's probably sailed. Yeah. A lot of the D1 schools are done with 25s they are already on their 26s right you know it, the unique thing with 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 Charlie coming in as late as he did is was, was this was the game changer yeah. he had a lot of opportunities now you know t- touch 90 and with a p word projectable got another 20 pounds of weight he can put on mm-hmm. all those things played in very nicely but that was that was unique to move that quickly that late yeah. on a kid and and land at a d1 spot
0: yeah, it's great to see that that worked out with Charlie, obviously. And I I was sure to tell him, you know, he thanked me the
1: other day, Dave, thanks
0: for everything you've done. You know, allowed me to get in the facility and work. And I said, well, dude, you, you've done a lot of hard work too for yourself. But I just, I tried to make him aware that it doesn't always work out that easy, man. Like yeah. this, is, this has been really good for you. And just understand that because you had um, a little bit of a painless process right now, there's going to be some hard work down the road that's going to need to happen. At some point, it's going to get hard. And, like, for me, I'm just making a, an educated guess. My educated guess would be that that's something that people miss is that, oh, hey yeah, yeah, I'm getting recruited. I'm working with a recruiting guy. I've got these schools on me and thinking, okay, I, I'm a shoe in. I'm yeah. good now. When I get
1: there, I'll be good. Yeah, great point. Really, even before then, yeah, I, I'm on my way in, I was talking to a D2 coach in Florida, and he's got a camp upcoming. One of our guys is going to it. And we were just talking about some of his players. He like, yeah, there's there's a kid who I brought in who was a – he was physical. He got here, and he's fluffy. He's out of shape. He's he's like, he, he wasn't working. And I, I kind of joked. I said, kids, in my experience, go one of two ways. Once you commit, you either go to a whole other level yeah. of training, and I have to show I belong here, or to your point, a lesser hey, – I'm good. Yeah. Well, if you're that guy, I'm good, or that gal, you're probably going to get exposed real early. Yeah. And it's going to, and you're going to get, especially if they've recruited player A and you show up as player B and not in a good way, you're going to go to the end of the line real quick and yep. you'll probably be in the portal that, that, that following summer because you're going to be pushed out. Um, it's uber competitive no matter what, no matter what level you're at. Like yep. we talked about, you're up against your peers for the most part as those who are checking all the boxes that are going to get on the field and get on the field early.
0: Speaking of checking boxes, um, Just diving in a little bit to when I was playing, my recruiting process was zero. Yeah. Um, I think I committed to a school, quote unquote, committed to a school uh, like May 29th of my senior year after graduation was already done. And it was a D3 school in Ohio. I played two years. And it it was great. It was a great experience for me. I'm not saying it was the best baseball school to go to. I'm not even saying it's necessarily where I belonged, but it was a great experience But I didn't have this. I didn't have, I really didn't even have high school coaches that were taking it very serious. And I just remember being a super detailed kid on the field who was 5'7, 135 pounds soaking wet, knowing how to run the bases, knowing how to bunt, knowing how to position myself on the field, knowing how to position my other teammates, understanding when to run. Understanding when to take a pitch, when to swing, understanding what to do on the field 100%. And it was very frustrating not having any support in a place to go. And like I, I started all of that, all that brewed early on because I had some really good coaching at like 13 and 14. Had some really good coaching that for whatever reason stuck with me. For me, it was cool to work hard. Yeah. It, it, it was never a thing. I didn't have to try. It was like, no, I want to work hard. And you see this with players, right? You see this where guys are like, well, it's 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 kind of cool to act like I don't care. Yeah. I, don't, I don't give a shit. You know, it's like – but then you, every once in a while you'll come across a kid now who you can tell, man, okay, that guy plays hard. I like that. Yeah, He plays hard. Obviously, we know that somebody – knowing how to run the bases, knowing how to tackle the details, knowing how to talk, knowing how to communicate, like those extra things, it's obvious that they can help you. I guess my question is, and I was on with Coach Scally at Piedmont last week talking about this, but how much can they hurt you if you don't do them well? Like, can those be mistakes too? Guy doesn't run a hard 90. Um, Guy hits a fly out to left center, or girl. Guy or girl hits a fly out to left center and – they just barely get around first base and it takes them 7.2 seconds. Like, can those things hurt you?
1: Absolutely. And to that point, this company was built for, for you, for that player. That was me too, undersized and to step slow. And it's all the little things. How do you, as a player, how do you put that into an email? It's very hard. Like a lot of our talk with coaches is telling them those things. We have a kid right now. He's a 2025. He just started with us. Who is that player? To, you just described him and I am so excited to help that kid and he, he has one of our, our coaches working him individually but that that was me that was our the, the coach who's helping him that was him and th- those are the kids as a coach you love and if I can say instinctual grinder high IQ that that's probably describing you that every coach loves that kid because most of us coaches were that player yeah you know it's hard to get to where you get as a, at a high level of coaching if you weren't a hard worker and instinctual, So that's the personalization side of, of what we do is helping those kids tell that story. Um, so to answer your question, can it hurt you? Absolutely it can. Yeah. Um, I don't want to call these kids fringe kids, but 95% of our players, you're either mid-major D2 or maybe mid-major Power 5 mm-hmm. or you're NAI D2 or you're sitting one way or the other. If left is D2 and right is D3 and you want to be a D2 guy, you have to do those little things right because you're gonna get exposed. Right. You're the game will, will find you out every time. And if you're if you're too cool to run out of I mean, as a recruiter, if I'm there watching you, I will absolutely say something to you after the game in front of your coach, if I know him, or at least your parents, say we can't do that. Yeah. You're representing us. If I'm gonna vouch for you and call for you, I never wanna see that happen again. And and I don't want to cross the line because I'm not their hitting coach. I'm not their pitching coach. I try to stay in my lane. But that kind of stuff, the, the IQ. Try the, yeah, absolutely. There's Show up. We, we have a joke in our family. Just, just, just show up. Show up and work. People are like, you're everywhere. I am. I, I've started a company very quickly because I, I show up and I outgrind anybody. Yeah. That's how we get. That's how we have 100%. We use, the
0: term, we use the term hang around. Yeah. Show up and hang out. Like be around. Yeah. yeah. You know, not to interrupt you, coach. Be but but, yeah, but I be, like that. Be, Show be, up be, be, and be present. Be yeah, around.
1: Absolutely. You know?
0: Yeah. Um, no, I I love this because I've coached several of your guys over the past couple years. Um, and I've seen some of that stuff. And as yeah. a coach, I, I don't like to put up with it. I know in the back of my mind that coaches probably have to be a little bit College coaches have to be a little bit patient with it if they see a guy or a girl maybe not do something all the way and, and they understand like, okay, well maybe maybe it was a little bit of frustration. They're still immature, they're still maturing. I can see where they would have some understanding that maybe okay, you give you give a kid a break, but there's only so much break you can give a kid. Like slamming the bat, yeah. freaking out, yelling the F word, the the just blatant not non hustle. Yeah. Um you know it's it's different if you have a second baseman where there's a runner on second and there's two outs and infielders should be on their bellies with a CNI single and maybe he forgets one time or it's just out of reach and he doesn't dive like a coach is probably going to give that person that player a break um whereas me as a coach I'm probably like get on your freaking be- like yeah. that's that's a not that that's not yeah. acceptable you know like I think coaches understand to an extent, but like you're saying, you're creating a standard for your players too. Like, you know, and
1: I hope, I hope I am, and we are. I mean, a lot of we, we do see kids remotely. There are kids I, you know, don't get out and see them as much as I would like to. So I can't really govern all of it. Um, I, I'll use this as an example. I still help coach softball a little bit, yeah. and we had a girl who I was doing her recruiting. I was also her coach. Now, in softball showcases, coaches will say, "I want to see number seven bat again. Put her back up." which I wish baseball did more of that but it's 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 really cool these are playing against other teams and there's a a, a D2 school which this kid wanted to go to coach saw her pops up hit again strikes out i think She had two didn't drop head given information as she so she's checking boxes on how to how to fail I'm like cuz we we embrace failure good you failed good coach they're going to watch you they want to see you fail so somebody walks and i said let let her pinch run there's one out I think her strikeout was the one out. So now she's running up first. She checks outfield depth, bloop single over second. She drops and goes, I'm coaching third. She comes in, back doors, head first, slide. I go, she's getting up. I like, go, you just got a scholarship because it's, like, what? That's your slide, your instincts, your IQ, you read you read your outfield depth. You you did those little things because I'm now going to highlight those to coach. And, and sure enough, the kids, she's like, yes, we won and was offered that's awesome. the following week for striking out and popping up. Yeah. But we, <laughs> I'm, I'm bouncing around with that, which I tend to no, do. No, I love that. Man. Base running is huge. We, You have a list. If you go into a showcase camp with us, you have a list of 20 to 30 things you should be doing base running because that's where you can show IQ and hustle. That's where you can. So those instincts. little things, the instincts, which is hard to quantify in an email or a text message. If I say instinctual, base runner, high IQ, those are really good. I don't put that on everybody. I'll only put that if I've seen it. But if I put that in, into a text, that's good. Now you better show it. <laughs> right. You better not be standing on second when the, a, a flare to falls on to the right fielder's feet. You know, the, you better do what we say you're going to do. Yeah.
0: That is gold. Just the instincts, the little stuff, base running, like I am I am frustrated. I need to do a better job. I'm having trouble getting travel ball age kids to treat base running seriously. It's like a, oh, well, that's an extra. Yeah. No, it is the thing. Like, if you want to be an offensive, everybody's worried about hitting, exit below, hitting. It's not hitting. It's defense and offense. Are you an offensive player? What kind of offensive player are you? If you don't hit home runs, you better run the bases because how are you going to score? How are you going to score if you can't run the bases? And on the flip side of that, with pitchers, you better know how to control the running game. Me and Coach Scally talked about this in depth on on his podcast at Piedmont, and I can I can vouch for this playing in that organization. We learned how to run the bases, and pitchers learned pitchers and defense learned how to control the running game. Yeah. And like you're talking about two details that have nothing to do really other than speed nothing to do with metrics all instincts all paying attention all just analyzing data over time and locking in like just just being totally locked into something that's a detail
1: we we have a i'll I'll leave the school nameless we have a very prominent power five school with new coaches over the last couple years who came in and they had to quote a list of just show pony pg 10 plus rating kids that couldn't play they had to wipe out their whole roster to yeah. find kids, and they'll say, We don't care what their grade is. We can't. CHP, can he play? Is he a grinder? Is he a bite your ear off type? Those are the kind of guys we want that'll change the culture of our program. So there's a lot of that going on. And I think social media somewhat is to blame because it looks cool to, to have your, your oven mitt and your bat, your all, mm-hmm. all the stuff in the launch angle home run. You can leave all that from and from my old school eyes, because you know I'm older than you guys. Give me the give me the bite your ear off head first, get covered in mud, blood, dirt. That's the guy I, I want as a coach. know, again, that that's to I don't <laughs> I don't envy the new age coaches. You have to do have a crop a fine a fine line between the new new school and old school. Yep, um, which is hard, and yeah. some some guys do it outstanding.
0: Well, and to move it off of the coaches and on to the players players. You can have a little bit of both. You can have the oven mitt and have the arm sleeve and have the tape and have the pants rolled up looking good. It's still cool to work hard. It's still cool to play hard and get dirty. Like, so, and you see this at the highest level. Yes. Some of the games most hated are the hardest working, most hard nosed guys. I mean, take Bryce Harper, for example, a lot of people have hated him over the years. There's no denying the dude. He plays hard, and he cares. Absolutely. You know, and I think players can take a lot from that, just understanding that you got to want to play hard and you got to want to care.
1: Yeah, and the, I was telling that your counterpart, a guy that I work with, you guys are very similar, both D2, D3, middle and field guys that are young. There are coaches out here that are doing old school and the new school. Like, I, I watch some of the stuff you do on social media. Yeah. There is that combination of new school, but you can still have that old, the old school values that – yeah. go a long way yep. I, I use this as an example a, a kid will say does a coach really care what I you know if it's some new school behavior whatever that is does a coach really care the answer the short answer is maybe no maybe they don't care yeah you know, there there are they're called players coaches that are more forgiving let you kind of do what you want there are coaches out there that are like that at the highest level but there is not a coach out there that does not, appreciate the old school there isn't so if you are the guy covered in mud blood dirt spit fire coming out of your rear end those there's not a coach out there's gonna say i don't want that kid yeah but there are coaches say yeah the leave the prima donna in the parking lot that, that there are those yeah. 100 so, percent. So, so box moment i I, I, <laughs> I climb up on it every now and then i try not to but
0: no it's good man it, it's it's good to hear you know you hear coaches say it all the time um but you're, you're seeing it from kind of the middle ground. You're trying to feed players. You're an advocate for both sides. Absolutely. And you have to be. So you have to spit the truth. People need to know what the truth is. Um, you know, like what are some of those truths across levels? And, and I've asked this question to a lot of different people. Softball, baseball, I want to hear all of it. Power five all the way down to the smallest of division three, everything in between JUCO and AIA. Um, like, what are some of the differences you talk through the old school, you talk through the metrics, you talk through what coaches are looking for, just all of those things, like go through what your job, your, your team's job entails, navigating those different levels. Some of the big things that you see.
1: Yeah. Great question. We work for both sides. We work for the families who hire us. We work for the coaches because I tell our guys, our coaches, we won't say a number, we won't put our name on a number unless we've seen it with our own eyes. Or if Perfect Game or PBR has, if, if Perfect Game said Charlie was throwing 94, well, we saw 8990. What we can say is we've seen 8990. He hit 94 in Fort Myers on April 17th, because so, that's not our number, right? So we have to stay true to both, both sides. And that's where we look at the analytics. Um, it's really, that's a hard question because really the, the analytics are what separates you. It puts everybody kind of on a left or right, like I said earlier, power five, mid-major. Power five mid-majors typically aren't looking at AID 3 Now, they might be if it's a Georgia Gwinnett or somebody that where they can get drafted. And you know, It's different between the boys and the girls. Boys typically are, are and we were probably the same, all of us. Whether you're a D one or D three guy, you still think you're going to be the guy that makes it. You're going to be. They're going to drag you off the field, kicking and screaming at some point in your career. It might be your freshman year of college. It might be after a fifteen year in the, in the show. Mm-hmm. You know, we all think we're that guy. So it's really helping them find their find their place. Um, hard 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 question to answer. Yeah. Yeah.
0: No, and, and I just I like to you know I think you answered it, Sean. Yeah. I think the answer is. The metrics and the analytics do a lot of the work now. They, they're they going to decide, hey, you're going to fall into – I liked what you said before about the fringe. Mm-hmm. You're going to fall into this fringe category, and if you take a right turn, you're going to wind up here, and if you take a left turn, you're going to wind up here. And I think that's like the second level. I think the first level, you also said, can he play or can yeah. she play? Yeah. And I think that answers the question of, okay, is college – baseball or softball the right thing that's answered by the can this person play and then the next level is okay where are the analytics because that's going to figure out where we start and then from there you saw you know keenan nelms one of your guys one of our one of our guys here as well um you know roller coaster story for him and it wound up taking a right turn in in a good direction for him um and the hard work is not over obviously but you see those things happen so, like, I guess I guess the biggest thing right here is just understanding the level of priority, right, for your players and saying, okay, first question is, do you want to play in college? Answer me that. Second question is, let's figure out what all your analytics and metrics are, and then we're going to at least
1: find a starting point, right? Yeah, great, great assessment. And do you want to play in college? First question. And then between metrics and there, I try to find out, do you truly want to play in college? Right. Do you know what that entails? Yeah. Now, coaching softball is a little bit different, but not not so much. In the 20 and 21 classes, the coach and I, we placed 25-plus kids, most D1, D2. And almost to a person, I said, she's going to make it, not going to make it, not going to make it, going to make it. And it wasn't about talent. I could just see those little things yeah. on the field, yeah, not wanting to slide, not wanting to work out, not wanting to like, – with my daughter, not the most talented kid. But I knew she was going to make it. Yeah. And she was raised by wolves. I mean, she was a coach, typical coach's <laughs> kid, but she had all the intangibles to say this kid's going to make it yeah. because she loved the game, she loved the process, and there's no such thing as a, a optional workout. She's there. I mean, those, those are the things that she knew she needed to do. So, I think that's important and we probably should have touched on that earlier is not just say yeah, I want to play I'm taking my talents to fill in school blank. It's do you know what that means? Do you yeah. know what that looks like? And I use this example: It's Friday night. It's ten o'clock. The party's just getting going. But you got you got practice at six a.m. Are you going to go home? Or you can stay out till two. Right. Because if you stay out till two, you're going to get exposed at six a.m. It's going to happen, and we've probably all been there. <laughs> uh, but at some point, you have to make that decision: Is this is this for me? And it's not for everybody. And that's okay too. Sometimes it's helping them see that before they even get to college. I've, we've had kids that say, you know what? I don't think this is for me. Awesome. You know, wish you the best. I hope you. There's a kid at Tennessee right now. He had offers to go play D2. He's like, I want to go. go to school. Mm-hmm. Like, awesome. I'll call Tony and see if we can get you an equipment manager job or something. He's like, yeah, I'm good. I'm like, have fun. <laughs> right. Cool. So,
0: yeah, nothing wrong that's with it. A part I mean, of it. Yeah. it is, man. It is a part of it. Did you watch? I, I asked this on a lot of the podcasts, but. Did you watch Swamp Kings?
1: Part of it. Yeah. Yeah. That was so the, you were talking, to,
0: well, and you, 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 made up a point just about staying out till two and the 6 AMs. And I thought it was very interesting how that one year Urban Meyer had his guys train on the weekends at like midnight from like yeah. midnight to two. That so, a, so there was no temptation. It was, was like, Hey, party. this is what we do. This yeah, is your party. Yeah. Get in here and have a weight room party. Yeah. Um, and you know, granted that's probably not doable for, for every organization, um, but just, you know, creating an environment for players to, you know, like, okay, you, you did the hard work to get here. Now let's, let's not let guys slack off. You know, like I, I think the best organizations, the best colleges, the best programs do that for their players. And, and that, that makes your guys job easier, you know, just touching on your team a little bit, you know, have you made some good New connections in this process. You know, you've got a team of guys working for. I'm not sure how many guys you have yeah. working for you now. Like, how has that made this process easier, just with the connections and then your team?
1: Yeah, you? I touched on it earlier, but the two degrees of separation, yeah. kind of the Kevin Bacon and baseball. Doug McAvich and I grew up together in Miami, and he was high school teammates with A Rod. Yeah, um, he called me about a year or so ago, and just asking questions about his own son, and it was it was. Eye-opening to me that a guy who played the highest level for 13 years was naive to the process. Yeah, you know the, you know, and it's he's all about CHP. The metrics don't mean a whole lot. let his, you know, he, he can play. Which I said yes to your eyes, who you coached for seven years in the minors and you played at, at the highest level. There aren't as many who can do that from a parental perspective. Right. Or if they can, they're they think their little Johnny is the next Hall of Famer. So Doug's been good for us to have him just give me a whole nother set of eyes to, mm-hmm. to bounce stuff off. And he he gets me back in in my place with, as I'm preaching too much, maybe travel ball type guy, where he's like, this is the pro eyes, the pro perspective, yeah. which not a lot of our guys are there yet. But we have guys that are starting to go that direction. Yeah. So that, that's been fun. But we have D3 baseball players. We have former minor league pitchers. We have six guys on baseball and now three on softball, Cut. including me on both sides. So we've yeah. got a team of about 10 take. Yeah. overtake. Um, we're not that big where I don't know every one of my kids in our portal. I can say John Doe, 5'10", 185, 3.8 GPA, 10.80 SAT, 88. I know their metrics. So if a coach calls me, I'm not overwhelmed where we have too many kids. We've controlled growth to be that. I don't want to be in CSA where I've got Mm-hmm. 100,000 names in a database that doesn't – you don't keep 100% by doing yeah. that. Yeah. So it's been fun get, seeing different sets of eyes. Former travel ball coaches on softball are helping us. Former uh, hitting instructors on softball, guys who, like yourself, are are doing lessons and, and are intimately involved with kids. They have kids they're managing. So we've got really all different facets of players helping us or yeah. coaches
0: helping no, us. That's great, man. It sounds like, you know, you've built a – a good team in relatively a short amount of time. Um, you know, I hear nothing but good things about what you guys are doing, and I've had direct contact with you on on several of our guys and, and more to come, I'm sure. Um, give a little message to all of the ball players out there, softball and baseball, just on some of the things that that they really should be doing, some of those boxes they should be checking, on their own first, like before they even contact a guy like yourself or an agency like yourself, like, hey, you need to do these things first. Like, what, what's your message to those those ball players?
1: Yeah, it really depends on where they are in their year. Um, 2024 is a senior right now. If a 2024 calls us, I call it triage. I handle all of our 2024s, whether it's baseball or softball, because they typically are late. Um, if you're a 27 you know a freshman just getting going get good video um, clean up your social media because coaches will look at it um, keep your grades in order uh, start to email and don't just blindly email with a with a photocopied email to 100 schools focus on 10 to 15 yeah uh, we look at four things with our kids it's first and foremost it's education you know what you might want to do when you grow up do you, what do your grades look like what do you want to be with a, with a Charlie that he wants to be a high academic, Georgetown, Wofford, those type of schools, let's not look at you know a, a low-end academic school where it's, where it's not the right fit. Yeah. Um, secondarily, logistics, do you want to be in the southeast? Do you have to stay in Georgia? Do you have to stay in Florida because of hope or bright futures? Do you want to be out in the mountains with Grandma on the West Coast? Kind of figure out where you want to be. Uh, third, what can Mom and Dad afford? Because that's huge, obviously. And then fourth, let baseball and softball be the conduit to delivering that that for you. Um, so I think that would be the focus on any any athlete, whether you're a 24 or 27, is if you can focus on those four things, you'll have a fighting chance. Now to really depending on where you fall in that continuum, it's how aggressive do you have to be. Um, there are there are a lot of services out there that can help you. Um, yeah. You know, it's really just finding the right fit.
0: Right. Love that, man. Well, you know. Give give the viewers just, you know, where they can find you on socials, you know, little little closing closing statement on kind yeah. of just what you guys are all about, yeah. where they can find you, information, all that stuff.
1: Yeah, we're uh, www.easrecruiting.com. That's our webpage. We're at EAS Recruiting, all one word, at uh, Twitter or X. Instagram is EAS underscore recruiting underscore, I think, is, uh, is Insta but we're, you know, we're out there. We'll be, we're, we're seen. Um, if you're at a tournament, you've probably seen the hat. Um, we're there, the full exposure of EAS is what we do. We want to get out there and just how i work everybody We want to work along with you. If you join us, it is a partnership as, as we saw with Charlie and with, with your other kids it is truly your kid. And when either myself or one of our guys working together with you to tell your story, um, Hundred percent. I know it's going to not continue to happen. I've like been saying that for two years. We're still there. Um, you know, it's it's a number. It's not not achievable to maintain. But damn, we're going to keep trying. Um, and it does not have to do and doesn't have to do with your talent level. If if you want to play, if you're willing to work and go through the process, we can help you. It's yeah. it's it's proven. We have kids that have not even played on their high school team that are they're that now playing in college. So yeah. That's, awesome. that's, that's 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 our story. We love what we do. we got a passionate group of people that are all about the kids and just keep doing things the right way. I think it, it pays it forward.
0: Great. Yeah. I appreciate it, Sean. If you guys like the stuff that Coach Sean had to say today, if it helped out in the recruiting realm, make sure you like, make sure you comment, make sure you subscribe. Um, if you guys have questions on how to get hooked up with Coach, um, you can shoot us an email, info at athleticbaseball.com. Um, we'll have some more stuff coming out, just collaborating with with Sean and us. And, um, you know, you guys keep working hard at your game. Keep doing the – you know, keep checking the boxes. Keep working on what you need to work on. Just give yourself a chance at that next level if this is really what you want to do. So from the Juice Box, uh, Athletic Podcast, Baseball Development Show. Catch you guys soon, Sean. Really appreciate Thank it. Hey Coach. Yes, sir.